in the heart of a wood which lost its name long ago is a place where a seeker of stories may go. If you've arrived and a story's your desire, come, take a seat, for what you require is a tale from the second storyteller. Ah, hello. What fantastic timing. I've just managed to find the next story from the Platinum Clover series. Remember before? A tale about the uh, Jelly Cube and her adventuring uh, companion. It came to me in a dream, and by that I mean the book fell on my head whilst I was uh, taking a nap just now. Incidentally, the dream was about sentient pies. No, no relation to the story. Just the more I'm thinking about the connotations, uh, having been woken up seems increasingly for the best. Ah, but anyway, before we get started today, I wanted to ask if you've been enjoying the voice of the story. Uh, what do I mean? Well, have you ever been reading a book and thought about how the story would sound in your own head? Part of the magic in this tower gives a literal voice to each story, and the particular voice it gives will differ for each listener. You may even hear my voice as the narrator from time to time, uh, of course you don't need to tell me if you do, but I'd be lying if I said I wouldn't be a little bit flattered. <clears throat> but uh, enough of that for now. I'm sure you're as eager as me to see what our intrepid adventurers get up to in The Platinum Clover Chronicles Part 2. The Platinum Clover Chronicles, Episode 2, To Clothe a Cube. Slorp. Sloop. Blort. These were the sounds which followed behind the young adventurer, Thorn Bootscape, and the sounds belonged to his new traveling companion, Jocelyn, the gelatinous cube. They had been wandering the dungeon for hours, Maybe even a day. Maybe minutes. Thorn was starting to lose track. There had been rooms full of traps, rooms full of puzzles, and even a room filled with nothing but beach balls. Thorn and Jocelyn were in that room for quite a while, and as a result, there was still a single beach ball stuck to the top of Jocelyn's spoogy body. She hadn't even really been playing in the room, she had just been inching her way towards Thorn as he ran around the room with unbridled glee. Because that's just what you do when you encounter a room full of beach balls. After all of this excitement, the two found themselves in a chamber with a small pool of water in the center. Thorn checked the room thoroughly, and after determining that there was no traps, he turned to his gloppy new friend. Okay, Jocelyn, it's safe! However, when he turned to look at Jocelyn, the two breasts that were lodged in the cube had floated up, so that Thorn found himself staring directly at them. He covered his eyes and jumped back in embarrassment. I, oh, ooh, I'm sorry, I, 
I didn't mean... I, I, I'm not a pervert. I, I swear, they were just right there. Thorne's face turned a deep scarlet. Jocelyn rolled her eyes. Like, literally. They flipped over and spun because they were floating in her, but it did accurately reflect her mood as well. After regaining his composure, Thorne walked back over and patted Jocelyn on the side of her cube, which he assumed would be a comforting gesture. I know you're a strong, independent cube, and really it's my fault for being so easily affected by such things. But really, I just don't want to risk offending you. And if I can, I'd like to help you out. So, maybe we can find you some clothes. Thorne offered and then wiped his hand on the side of his pants, because it was covered in gelatinous slime. The skeletal arm that was floating around Jocelyn drifted closer and closer, preparing to grab Thorne's arm and drag him into the suffocating slime. But before she got the chance... There was a high-spirited laugh, and a shining bubble floated up from the pool and popped. From it leapt a chipmunk, wearing a utility belt. He landed on the ground and started to sing. You want potions? I got potions. You want swords and shields? I got those too. Without my help, you would be sunk. I'm Gregarious Herald, equip monk. Yeah. He finished by putting his tiny paws to his hips and posing heroically. A quipmunk? Thorne asked. Straight, my friend. I heard you were looking for some clothes for your, hmm, lovely lady friend. And I must say the two of you make quite the couple. Gregarious Harold winked. Thorne waved his hands around wildly and blushed again. A couple? Uh, no, that's, I mean, we're just, uh, I'm not trying to, I wouldn't object, but... Jocelyn's eyes rolled up so hard, they popped out the top of her cube for a second, and the beach ball prodded one of them, causing Jocelyn to squint awkwardly for a minute. Well, I don't have any clothes, but I could tell you how to get to a shop for, uh, Reasonable price, Harold offered. Thorne tapped his hip pouch and turned out his pockets. Well, I don't actually have any money. He looked at Jocelyn, who used her skeleton arm to shrug. Tell you what, your sword's looking pretty plain, and you're sure to find a better one down here eventually. Give me that, and I'll lead you to the shop myself, said Harold. Thorne was hesitant. But Jocelyn was in need, and he was the only one that could help her. This was his moment to be brave. He unbuckled the scabbard from his belt and offered the weapon to the equip monk. Even though the sword was huge in comparison, Harold accepted it in his tiny paws. A pocket on his utility belt opened, and the sword was vacuumed into it. Harold winked again. Utility belt of ultimate holding. He then skittered off down a corridor. Thorn followed close behind, and Jocelyn blorted her way after Thorn. After moving through a few secret passages, 
the group found themselves in front of a door. Well, here it is. You'll find something nice for Jocelyn here. And, I don't know, maybe you could pick up something for yourself. You ain't looking too great. Take care of yourselves, you crazy kids. Wear a condom. And then Harold began to sing his outro theme. We traded stuff. I wish you luck. Peace out, y'all. I'm the Equip Monk. And then he vanished. Thorin pushed the door open and wandered inside, with Jocelyn right behind him. Wait, what? What? The, this is... This is a... Bras. Panties. Things with straps that Thorn could not even describe. They had come to a lingerie shop. Hello. Welcome to the bony bosom, chimes a skeleton wearing a skirt. Their bony feet clacked on the tiled shop floor as they approached Thorn and Jocelyn. Thorn blushed so violently, a new shade of red was invented. I'm so sorry. You must think I'm some kind of terrible pervert. I'm so embarrassed. Having to... having to be in this shop filled with lady things. Now I have to die so you don't think I did this on purpose to be a creep. Thorn was nearly crying. The skeleton patted Thorn on the head a couple of times. There, there, sir. You and your wife are more than welcome at the bony bosom. Lots of different customers love our products. Well, not really because we're in this crazy dungeon. But I'm assuming we could have all sorts of customers buying our undergarments. Whoa, wah, wah, wife. But, uh, she's not. Jocelyn isn't, but maybe. Thorn was caught up in the moment. He suddenly found himself in a daydream, standing at an altar, while Jocelyn glorped her way down the aisle, a white wedding dress floating inside her. Then, standing outside the church while people threw rice, and Jocelyn absorbed it into herself. Finally, attempting to carry Jocelyn over the threshold of their perfect little home. Thorin snapped out of his daydream and turned to Jocelyn, but she was no longer there. Uh, what's she doing? Jocelyn had been moving about the shop, and as she did so, bras, panties, and metal garment racks were becoming lodged within her scorpy body. This, along with the beach ball, caused her to become top-heavy, and she tumbled into an entire panty table. There were so many undergarments stuck inside Jocelyn. Her skeleton arm and leg could be seen flailing out from under the soft chaos. Oh, no! Thorne exclaimed. A few moments later, Jocelyn had made her way to a corner and was using her skeleton hand to remove the various panties and bras, dropping them into a bucket. Thorne sat next to her looking miserable, and the skeleton stood in front of both of them, hands on their bony hips. Right. I can't sell any of those. No offense, Jocelyn, but I can't sell undergarments that have been... gelatinized. I'm Calcia, and you'll both have to work here until you pay off the damage. Mama, me work at a shop like this? 
Thorne's face was so hot, he thought it might melt off. You're just gonna have to deal with it until you pay back your debt. Kelsia snapped. Literally, one of their bones cracked loudly. Thorne let out a massive sigh and looked up at Jocelyn, who glanced back at him. At least they were in this mess together. It was then that Thorne noticed something floating inside Jocelyn. Somehow, in all the turmoil, one of the bras she had absorbed had managed to net both of her boobs. So they still floated around inside her goop, but as a covered, singular mass, instead of independent, unruly chess meats. Looks like coming here was worth it after all, Thorne smiled. Then he and Calcia laughed at the situation for an awkwardly long time. Jocelyn couldn't laugh, so she simply dislodged a negligee with an unholy blort, and it dropped into the bucket. Well, that was part two. I don't know about you, but I am certainly enjoying this strange ongoing adventure. I'm quite positive I have more of this series somewhere, much in the same way I'm positive I'll be wearing a hard hat to bed for the next few weeks. You know, just in case. Hmm. Perhaps they could be in my downstairs closet. Uh, you know, they'll be around somewhere. If you've been liking our little ongoing series so far, though, uh, I'll see what I can do about tracking down the rest. Uh, thank you as always for joining me today, though. Be well, and carry today's story in your heart. Today's tale has ended, but return once again to this place where you are considered a friend. Return to this tower and its mysterious dweller for more from the library of The Second Storyteller. Thank you for listening to The Second Storyteller. If you have a prompt for a story, please send it to thesecondstoryteller at gmail.com. If your prompt is selected, your name will be credited at the end of the episode. Today's prompt was More Jocelyn, Please! Submitted by Aster. If you would like to help support the future of this podcast, please consider becoming a patron by going to patreon.com slash thesecondstoryteller. A donation as small as a dollar is greatly appreciated and helps keep us going. A donation of just $10 a month puts you on the list of current library card holders, and your name will be read at the end of the episode. The Second Storyteller podcast and the featured stories were written and created by Katie Chacon. The role of the Second Storyteller is played by Charles Scott. Today's voice of the story was provided by Chris Camp. The voice of the intro and outro is Chris Camp, and you can find the fantastic games he's worked on at ricks.itch.io That's R-I-K-S dot itch dot I-O The music was written by Finton, who can be found at garbagebag, all one word, dot itch dot I-O The second storyteller will return next month with more magic, fun, and of course, a story to tell.